Uh, Tom, I, I need my little uh, sound pad uh, uh, to hit my little buttons. You, you've got it. Where? Oh, you mean you need the, the I need, uh, chart? I need, I need the uh, cheat sheet. I can't remember all this stuff. Damn it, Rod. Just, learn your buttons. I, I Just know. take a shot in the dark. Oh. <laughs> we'll make it work for you. We'll make it work. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Welcome to Pod 256, a weekly Bitcoin podcast focused on mining, energy, and proof of work. Hosted by me, Rod at BitKite on Twitter, and you can find me on Nostra as well. My other co-host of Pod 256, just the one and only and greatest of all time, Econo Alchemist. Today is August 17th, 2023. We are at block height 803633, and the halving is due in... 252 days, according to our friends over at coinwars.com. Um, finally, we are on episode number 27 after just a short three-week hiatus. Eco, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Time flies. It was only going to be a two-week hiatus, and then I was having technical difficulties last week, so I'm glad we got that all figured out. Yeah, I think... Uh, what do they call it? Like a blessing in disguise? I think we hashed yeah. out and uh, we're able to jam and just catch up on life. That was a lot of fun. I think so too. But uh, we're back, back better than ever. And we have a special guest with us today. Uh, do you want to do the uh, introduction? Yeah. So our guest today is JC Hots on Twitter. His name is Jeff. He's been a longtime home miner and He's got a very interesting story about how he's gone from mining at a micro scale to mining at the megawatt scale. And now he is expanding to his second megawatt of mining capacity. And so welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, definitely. And a guest also joining us. You, you got to introduce Dot as well, Jeff, if you want Your to. Dot. Well, wh where there's Jeff, there's usually a Dot. So, yeah. <laughs> a beautiful dog with she, him as well. She, she, she's a lot of fun and she's a little bit too much for the wife. So she gets to go with me when we go on our adventures, which is most of the time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You got to have a travel companion. That's right. She keeps me from getting too lonely. <laughs> Yeah, so Eco, um, why don't we do this? You want to do the uh, uh, shout-outs um, before we go into the state of the network? Yeah, so uh, it's been a little choppy the last three weeks, but thank you to our diehard fans, Blizz Abler and Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast, who have continued pointing hash rate to our Lincoin mining pool account. This show is 100% audience-supported. We don't have sponsors so if you're interested in supporting the show, you can choose any Lincoin mining URL and then configure your miner's configuration file so that the worker name is pod256. And then you can append that with dot whatever your alias is, and then we'll know who you are and be able to give you a shout out. And also I noticed this morning, Mr. Jeff, that we're receiving uh, 120 <laughs> terahash Let's from out of go. the blue. <laughs> 
So thank I, you for that. I thought that, that was the dues. I, I, I've been listening for quite a while, and I was unclear because of her <laughs> yeah. terahash stuff and guests and sponsors. Oh, it, so I'm like, well, if I'm going to be a guest, I'd let's, let's turn one over. So yeah, absolutely. Go. This is pay for play. You got to point hash in order to get on our show. <laughs> um, I like that. That the, Set the bar, set it high. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the min bar. Just joking. Although we were jo- uh, what was our thing uh, in terms of how much exahash in order to come on our show, uh, Eco? It was like five exahash, or at least one. Yeah, one exahash gets you thirty minutes to show whatever right. you want on our show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we could talk about <laughs> anything for one exahash. Yeah. Oh man, it's been too long. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jeff, with our show, we go through the state of the network and then some news items, but we're gonna uh, run through that because your story is just so fascinating. Um, at least selfishly for Eco and I, who are. Um, co-miners that eventually want to get to the scale um, that you've done. So I, I, I've personally got a number of questions, and I'm sure Eco uh, does as well. Sure. Um, but Eco, shall we get into the state of the network? Yeah, let's just rip through this real quick. So, you know, because it's been three weeks and just kind of get everyone caught up on some stats. So looking at, um, I was going to say looking at bitrar.com, but it looks like they changed their URL to newhedge.io and they changed some things in the user interface. Uh, But anyways, the the difficulty estimator is about the same as you're used to. So the last difficulty adjustment was, let's see, it was positive about one eighth of a percent. We're about halfway through the current difficulty epoch, and it's looking like the next adjustment is going to be positive, about seven to eight percent. The current difficulty is fifty-two point three nine trillion, and right now we're about ninety-six, almost a hundred blocks ahead of schedule in this epoch. Yikes! Uh, so, looking at mempool dot space hash rate is ripping everyone's face off. It's breaking three hundred ninety three exahash on the fourteen day moving average. Uh, that is another all time high. Seems like every time we do this, it's at an all time high. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just continuing to build up. There was a pretty good drop off in difficulty uh, two adjustments ago. Went from fifty. 3.9 trillion, which is the all-time high, down to 52.3. And then the most recent adjustment brought it up to 52.39. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think the next one will be a doozy in the upward direction. Yeah. You better have that. I'm really cheap good power. at making predictions. You actually are. Yeah, go how, ahead, do, how do you guys even relate to the difficulty number? I, I tried for years and 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 I've I've gone back to uh hash price is the best derivative of a moving Bitcoin price and a moving difficulty. Yeah. How, how do you guys relate to hash price or not hash price, but difficulty in how you think about the ecosystem? Yeah, it's kind of um, abstract, you know, especially when you're, when you're used to dealing with like the specs of your miners and how much hash rate they're producing and how much energy they're consuming. Um, but I like the I like the difficulty number like that like fifty two point three trillion number because the way I think about it is um, you take that number multiplied by two to the power of thirty two 
And that's about how many hashes it's going to take to solve, to solve a block. Okay. Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, I might, yeah, yeah. I might have from, my, from an enormity and scale measure. It, 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 it's, it's valuable to me from a, you know, week to week, month to month operating type of deal. I, I get more, more decision. Totally capability off of hash price than than the the difficulty but that's it's it's a great long-term reminder that it ain't going nowhere but up yeah right. as a macro indicator you know of where like the yeah. mark I'm not, i don't trade but like right. i'm not trading on the difficulty adjustment i'd be dead broke uh even more broke than i am now and the numbers just get so astronomical at this point that it's like <laughs> like i said it's kind of abstract so it's i don't know i mean as far as like Practical everyday usage. I, I don't think the difficulty number really makes a difference in most people's operations. You know, yeah. they just want to point their hash and get their Bitcoin. Yeah. The next stat that we're going into is the ASIC prices, which I, I'd be curious to know your point of view on that, Jeff, as you're evaluating. And actually, how about Eco? You want to go through the ASIC prices, and then I'd love to have uh, Jeff's uh, perspective here. Yeah, I mean, they're closely tied to the price, the U.S. dollar index price of Bitcoin, right? And which has been flat at like twenty nine thousand for what feels like months now. Um, so these prices on this, uh, we're looking at data.hashrateindex.com. The prices here have pretty much flatlined across the board on all the ASICs. So the most efficient ASICs um, that are on the market are your under 25 joules per terahash and better. And those have dipped below $20 per terahash at this point. They're trading at $19.99. Your previous generation, which is going to be like 25 to 38 joules per terahash, those are trading around $14.04 per terahash right now. In some conversations I've been having, I've seen actually all those numbers cut in half now. Really? Yeah. And someone floated an interesting deal and it was less than the tw- and it was in the 25 to 38 joules per terahash or those type of ASICs and it was below $14 per terahash. Wow. I just get nervous because the input of the energy cost is still freaking high right now and uh, on grid and uh, I'm still nervous about being a buyer going into the halving. So I'm going to be holding on tight. I'd be curious to know, Jeff, your perspective on been doing it for so long. Like, how do you look at these ASIC prices and how do you think about buying an ASIC? I built my first fleet inside of hosting, right? So I got to over 200 miners inside of a hosted environment. It was easy to buy tens and twenties and that kind of stuff. And I really didn't care what price I was just building the fleet at that time. Um, Sorry, when you're saying a hosted environment, was that like a, like a compass mining or something like that or Mason Mason blockware. Okay. I assembled my fleet with Mason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, uh, so I haven't bought any since then. And of course they were offline when I was getting this built and everything. And so all of my focus right now has been on, uh, building places to plug in miners. And that's why uh, even with the first megawatt, not completely full, still building the second megawatt because I, I, I can, and I have the place and, and the power available. That said, um, it, once you have a place to buy, to plug in an ASIC, then it becomes real attractive to buy them. Uh, but I, I, 
you know, every one of my Bitcoin financial models has failed. Yeah, um, you and, and me so both. I just keep trying different different strategies. Um, and I'm starting to have the conversation with folks about being the buyer of last resort for good S19 Pros hmm. and J Pros, 100 tera hash machines. I'll take your really good used machines. Um, Rolf Versuvius thinks it's going to get to 200 bucks for a 100 tera hash machine, right? So but it's two dollars um, a tera hash. Yeah, then, yeah. But like, what what are you buying a a machine at, or what would you be buying a machine at then? I'm not. I'm putting all my money into places to plug them in before I buy Got them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of like you, right? So it, what could I do with my, my capital right now? I could, you know, I got some spots. I could buy machines, but like you, I think they're going lower. So might as well put that capital into building a place to plug them in when they are really cheap. Got it. Right. And it goes back to that, like, don't buy ASICs until you've got a place to plug them in at. 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 100%. <laughs> No, I, I, but I get the new machine itch. I, I really do. Mm. I'm a new machine junkie and like to have the, the fastest and hottest, right? And that, that was my strategy building that fleet is like buy the fast. And they were all 110 pros at the time. Oh, did you guys see this, uh, this Antminer S21, like under 15 joules per terahash? Did you see that? Yeah. 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 What do you think, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see he wants to buy them. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm a little skeptical. Like that's such a yeah. huge efficiency jump. I don't I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. But I think um, I I'm just baffled that they were able to pull that off. Um, how about we go through the hash price? Okay, uh, looking at insights.brains.com, the current hash value is about 244 sats per terahash per day. And the current hash price has taken a little dip down to seven cents per terahash per day in U.S. dollars. So if you're running like a S9, you want your electricity rates below three cents per kilowatt hour. If you're running like an S19 XP, you want your electricity rates below 13 cents per kilowatt hour. And let's check in on Foundry here. According to the hash rate distribution over the course of the last five weeks by blocks found, Foundry has 29.6% of the overall Bitcoin network hash rate, followed in second place by Amppool with 23.4%. I don't see Pegapool up there. Did you hear what happened with them? <laughs> What's Pegapool? Jeff, go ahead. Didn't they have some kind of uh, big introduction at the Bitcoin Miami too? Um, and then something happened out of that and it all, they blew up? I haven't heard anything about Pegapool. This is all news to me. It was something related. I just got the front of it, which was, th th they have an announcement out there somewhere that, that where they explain what went on, but something like Bitcoin Miami, they really pumped it. Uh, they got a lot of users. They couldn't scale fast enough. And so they're shutting it down, which is a little bit mm. weird, but they may be redoing the architecture. I'm a software guy, so I understand getting out ahead of your architecture. After careful consideration of the time, cost, and resources this would entail, we've made the difficult but necessary decision to halt the mining pool's operations. Halt means stop, you know. Please ensure that you withdraw any remaining balances from your accounts. Okay, 
there you go, oh, and migrate okay. to another pool as soon as possible. We have managed to temporarily bring the pool back online to help our users migrate away from Pegapool. Okay, I mean, well, and it, it's not. It's it's probably worth mentioning that that's always a risk. You know, if yeah. if you're mining and leaving your coins in the pool's hands, you know, technically not your keys, not your coins. If you don't, you don't, you don't have them in your own address. And we did see recently. Um, it's a little foggy, but if I'm recalling correctly, I think it was F2 pool that like had to shut off withdrawals temporarily. Um, they were allowing their miners to like earn interest on the Bitcoin they mined and, and that whole scheme kind of like fell apart and they had to like stop withdrawals for a little bit. Do you guys recall this? Was it F2 pool? I, 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 I do I'm recall not. somebody. So no, 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 no. You're not talking out your ass. If somebody else okay. uh, did have that recently, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was I remember that distinctly. So I think it's just a good reminder just to get your coins off as soon as you can, get them into your custody. Well, can can I add to that 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 you should be using auto withdraw and NiceHash doesn't have it. So if anybody knows the guys at NiceHash, turn on auto withdraw, please. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, auto withdrawal seems like a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Yeah. No brainer. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. There you go, Jeff. We're gonna get your voice in for next next week. I'm fucking with you now. Um, <laughs> so, by the way, let's just get into your story, Jeff, because I feel like we're gonna just j- jump into this. Uh, do you want to kind of tee us up with your with your story and how you got into Bitcoin? Sure, sure. Um, my barber had a subscription to Playboy. And I read an article in Playboy, probably 2011, about that was a summary of the Gawker article about Silk Road. And I got it. Like, I, I get it. And so I went and followed that path. And at this same time, we were coming out of the Great Recession, right? And Mm -hmm. I had lost all hope in the dollar. Uh, I owned two companies, uh, technology companies, and was following the path to build an exit. And I saw out of that nonsense in 2010 that the favorites are going to get bailed out and the rest of us are going to get clipped. And so where do I put my, I changed my asset from a company to cash and I put that somewhere. That's a mess. And so I was kind of hopeless for a bit, but I had changed how I build my businesses from a peak and exit to long-term sustainable. It's like, well, you got a good asset here. Let's just build that long-term. And so Bitcoin comes along and I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. It gives me some hope. It was hard to buy. It was hard. This was back when the good info was on Reddit, okay? So that'll (laughs) give you an indication of what, what we were doing at the time. Um, and I just kind of followed along the edges. I don't remember how I bought my first ones, but I do remember I bought four coins for 25 bucks and I had to go to Walgreens to get a money order to send somewhere in Asia. And then all I was doing was waiting for this stuff, these digits to show up in this piece of software. And they did. Um, and that was cool. But the only way that people go, why didn't you buy more? I'm like, dude, I sent a hundred bucks to China. It was nuts. I didn't know if I was going to get anything. Right. Um, But I had a belief when I got them, I had a belief that they'd be a million dollars a coin by 2030. Back then? justification. Even back then? Yeah. That's awesome. 
Yeah, well, those are justifications. Like, okay, if it's a million dollars of coin by 20, I'm going to retire in 2031, right? So I'm a boomer and I'll, that'll be perfect. Um, and uh, shortly after that, um, the paper Bitcoin software came out. The first, like, you, it really worked. It wasn't a scam and that kind of stuff. And so I made these four paper Bitcoins and put these four Bitcoins on paper and wrote daughter's name wedding, daughter's name house, daughter's name wedding, daughter's name house. Just put them away and kept following. But I was building a company at the time, right? And so I'd buy a little bit occasionally um, and got intrigued because the next place that I bought it was from local Bitcoins from guys at UT mining it in their dorms and apartments and stuff. So then it was meet some sketchy dude over at a coffee shop on the wrong side of town to meet, match your phones up and again, get some digits that, I don't know, um, they may or may not be worth something. Um, bought some from Charlie, like all through the years, I can remember Coinbase finally made it easy. For Coinbase open, you can finally, you know, easy to buy Bitcoin. And, uh, and I do the DCA and a calendar reminder every, every Monday, you like, go buy a hundred bucks, go buy a hundred bucks, go buy a hundred bucks. And then they finally turned on DCA. Um, so th that's kind of the beginning of it. Um, I tried mining in the evenings, um, but wasn't, was so far out of that kind of technical depth by 20, what's 14, um, that I, I just couldn't make it work. Couldn't make it work. And then ASICs came along in 17. 16, 17, I, I, and huge wrong decision. Instead of buying an S9 or an S1, I bought a dragon. Oh, yeah. In fact, I bought quite a few dragons. <laughs> so I had a, a, a casita, a small house behind my house, guest house, um, that had a 100 amp panel. And so oh, I cool. just started filling it up. Um, that was back in the days where I bought many miners that I never got. You know, because you're sending money, sending Bitcoin to China. Um, the death knell, the death knell. If you ever, if you buy a miner and you get an email the next morning that's asking you if you want two more at a discount, you know you've been had. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Pro tip. That's it. That's it. We need to add that's that soundbite. Um, and so I outgrew the casita at the house, still love miners, um, wanted a megawatt. And, um, the S19 had come out. We'd been through the T19 problem and the S19s came out. So 2018, early 2019. Um, uh, it must have I, been the 17s. Yeah, well, I avoided the 17s. And so oh, okay. I waited to build the fleet until the 19s came out. I was moving from M, effectively M20s. And um, so I'd gone from Dragons. Got The Dragons died. I bought M20s, ran a bunch of M20s for a while, and then decided to build the fleet. Awesome. And I'm guessing 2018, because I went to Mason at Blockware and said, Mason, this is my plan. Uh, and he helped me build and assemble those over a period of time um, until I I didn't start this mine quick enough. I knew that my long-term plan was to get it off of hosting, yep. onto my own, and then onto oil and gas at some point in time, right? And partner up with somebody with a gen set. Because I just want to mine as long as I can. It's just cool. There's always something to learn and discover and share and so I started that probably a year too late. Um, I wish I'd have done it a year earlier, started this first megawatt a year earlier. And I'm really making a bet on the second megawatt because I don't know that I'll be able to buy enough machines to fill up a second megawatt. 
Um, I'll, I'll help you. But buddy. I do realize that there's probably guys out there like me that that want a spot like this. Yeah. Like, so how can we make this available to like-minded folks that if you're want to put your machine in this adventure and run it kind of like we're running these machines, then you know, here's the deal. Um, so we'll see if it works. I got. I got room, like it cost me nothing to, uh, I got no rent, the land's paid for, that kind of stuff. Um, the power's already pulled. So the cost to put in another megawatt is really incremental. Mm. But, you know, incremental in mining terms is five and six digits. So, <laughs> so, so sorry, are you mining one megawatt off grid? No, no, no. Uh -uh. No, I'm on the grid here. Okay. I'm located right next, I'm, I, I'm adjacent to a 350 kilowatt solar farm yeah, yeah. that feeds the same wire that I pull from. Hmm. Interesting. So I went through that real fast, like how I got into it, but I'm happy to you know, answer questions or talk in detail. I went really fast. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the reason why Eco and I are also floored by someone who's based in 2011 reading a Playboy article that could do the work <laughs> and start like – figuring it out and learning all the way up until, you know, where we are 2023. So I'm not a math major. The, that means though you've been in Bitcoin for 12 plus years, basically. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you've been doing it. And now my, I guess one of my questions, Eco, uh, feel free to jump in. Like what attracted you to Bitcoin mining specifically? Cause like if I'm getting Bitcoin in 2011, and then I'm DCAing in 2013-ish or 2014 with Coinbase. And I have a software company and all this other stuff going on in my life. To then also get into mining in 2016, 2017, there's something there there with you. And I'm just curious to know how you got into – why what attracted you to Bitcoin mining? Be, being a part of the network, I, the my, my skill set – the. My, I guess my big hammer that I bring as an entrepreneur is uh, systems development. I can see a problem. I, I can make things better. I can fix things. I can make things better. Um, and I appreciate being a part of a system or a network, right? And so Bitcoin Miner doing that um, was cool, but free Bitcoins, dude. Free Bitcoins. Yeah. And, and by the way, so that you, you have one megawatt... Uh, deployed right now and this is the second megawatt that you're building out is that correct uh-huh yeah yeah yep and then the first one how, why is it you know your first one is not where you live it's in another part like another state like how, how did that come about uh hunting for cheap power hunting for cheap power please explain because yeah. i'm all about that yeah um my uh consigliere jeff um <laughs> heard me complaining uh, about uh, needing to get out of hosting because it was getting painful. Um, and he said he had heard on the compass list that there was cheap electricity in Iowa and he was from Iowa and his dad still lived there and had a farm. And I said, well, let's go, let's check. And so we, uh, got in touch with the power company up by Edgewood. We didn't know jack shit, nothing. Well, it turns out we were talking to Alliant, which is a pubco, and their sales folks were telling us we could get in you know, all in about six and a half cents, but when, their, when the contracts and tariffs came through, it looked more like nine. And we're like, eh, mm. can't do that, can't do that. Eco um, has a little experience in this world as well. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, we, that was spring of 
uh, January of last year. Yeah, 22. Um, then <laughs> I said, well, there's got to be cheap power somewhere. How is Iowa built? And Iowa's full of rural electrical co-ops. Um, and so I found there's an association for everything. So I found the association of uh, Iowa electricity co-ops. Sent their chairman a nice email with Bitcoin in the title asking if they'd be interested. Never heard anything. But then picked all their member list and hired a guy off of Upwork to look up the email addresses and sent 35 emails um, with Bitcoin in the title, interested in Bitcoin mining in a, 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 a short email. And of the 35, three did not press delete. Got back with wow. me. We had conversations and I continue to have conversations with well, all. So sorry, three Jeff, 32 out of 35 responded to your email. No, three. <laughs> oh, three. three. Okay. The three other did not press, press delete. delete. <laughs> oh, oh, I th oh, three did not press delete. Got it. Okay. Whoa. There we go. 10% response rate. All right. That, that, that's accurate. Good. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. Please continue. And uh, so we started engaging them um, in conversations for what we wanted, found out um, their problems and opportunities, matched up our problems and opportunities, and uh, picked the best one. Uh, the reason we picked these, so all, all three that we were talking to actually bought power from the same place. So they were literally all offering the same uh, delivery as well. The reason we picked this one was they had a transformer, so I didn't have to buy one. Uh, and uh, the land um, was available. So that's why I picked this REC. Yeah. So what does REC stand for, Jeff? Rural Electrical Co-op. Okay, cool. Um, that, by the way, I love that because you just hustled and figured out that angle, hired the Upwork person, cold outreach, and then I get... Like I joke with Eco, it all just takes us one, one deployment, one contract, one really quality contract and partner to figure it out or buy the land or lease the land on good quality terms. And then you're in the game. So, but you got to do the work here. Do not just take the first deal and, uh, and then get just super destroyed. Yeah. My, my, my superpower there is asking a lot of seemingly stupid questions. Willing to willing to appear to be a dumbass to ask this. And I didn't ask enough. I made so many mistakes here. But I count every mistake that I make as a question that I didn't know to ask. Mm. What were some some of the mistakes that, that happened during that build out? Like what would you do differently? If, what do you do, I guess what are you doing differently this the second megawatt? Yeah, I miss I completely misunderstood transformers and I bought a, a 1250 KVA 480 to 415 instead of a uh, 7,000 to 415. So I have two transformers, which requires an extra switch. The switch itself is $6,000. Damn. Just the breaker switch, you know, like the 20 amp dudes, you get it at Home Depot. But, yeah. So a 1200 amp is $6,000. <laughs> I believe it. It weighs 35 pounds. So I got two of those because I got two stupid transformers. So what are we learning the next time? It's like, well, we have a high to low, a 7,000 to 415. Um, that we'll set over here. The second thing we learned is do not hire professional engineers to build one megawatt installs. It's just way over-engineered, way expensive, way over-engineered. You need a concrete donut to mount the transformer, and that's about it. Yep. Come on. Wow. You know, I don't need 40 feet of eight feet, eight inches of concrete and all that kind of shit. So I don't get, you know, like get... <laughs> How do I say this best? Uh, so what we did this time was that we 
we knew enough about what we didn't want to do. And we worked with a local master electrician who, uh, again, secret superpower of this mine, Randy DeBoer, the local master electrician that keeps us running. (laughs) That's awesome. So transformers. um, uh, So I'm going down from a, 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 a one megawatt, a 40, 40 foot container to eight by eight pods. I'm going from a giga container to a simple mining pod. Okay. Um, uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, it is damn hard to distribute a megawatt of power inside of a 40 foot container. Just the density of, of the consumption and what is required to get the power down there, the spacing, the size of the wires, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I would dare say you can't feed a megawatt from one end. You've got to feed it from both ends. Wow. Just because of your distribution problem inside there. Yeah. It's like the a huge respect, massive respect. The electrical math is not an estimate. It's very, very exact. And you should know it and pay attention to it. Um, I have uh, run these uh, PDUs too hard, um, run my breakers too hard. Um, they, they mean it at 85 percent and, and they'll run fine at over 90 percent. But the problem that I find is that if they ever blow or you turn them off, they will not re-engage and stay re-engaged successfully. That heat has deteriorated that breaker so much. Interesting. Uh, and uh, hell, 125 amp breakers are, are, are 600 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, p- power at this scale, like, and I'm just a happy dumbass, right? But uh, you learn stuff real quick. Um, in your mining setup, did you kind of like piecemeal everything together yourself? Like, did you just get like a, a regular shipping container and then like cut the holes in it for the air yourself? Or were you buying like kind of prefab materials specific to mining? I, I bought one of the early Gigapods. Giga built this for me. Okay. Like Giga Energy, those guys. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they were excellent to work with. And yeah. if you want a if you want a, a 40 foot container, those guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Matt and Brenner. And they're building some really high quality. Yeah. Can't say enough good stuff about the guys at Giga. They're excellent. And the same with the guys at Simple Mining. This this I'm just moving to an eight by eight pod because I want more optionality if and when I need to move. Mm-hmm. And sucking down 350K is probably going to be easier than trying to come in and grab a megawatt. If I'm looking for corners and pockets and edges of cheap power. Yeah. All in, like, how do you look at the cost side? And I'm curious to know your on grid, you know, if you're comfortable sharing your cost per kilowatt and then how you're approaching that going into the, with the machines you currently have and like your strategy and your plan going into the having. Yeah. Um, we pay, um, the, the, uh, 5.85 since last month per kilowatt hour. Oh, so are you on a variable contract? No, I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. Um, but we paid five, sort of, we are on a penalty contract. So we paid, uh, the cost for power last month was 5.85. Um, you have to, there's a hundred bucks for the uh, cell phone modem. There's a hundred bucks a month for the uh, Starlink backup. And there's like two or 300 bucks a month to the filter fund. 1,200 bucks to replace the filters twice a year. So don't forget that, or it'll dig back in. So uh, oh, it came your, in like for your for your air filters. Hell yeah! Wow, <laughs> thousand bucks. Wait, Damn. so a thousand bucks a year you pay to have somebody come out and service and two times, two, two times, times a year. No, 
thousand, a thousand bucks a year. I pay twice to, to the, to Amazon to have 11 boxes of filters delivered to the REC that I wow. go then pick up in my truck and bring over here and change. Wow. You personally do this. I love that. I, that's why my mine is cheap, right? My, my labor, uh, I have no labor cost yeah. here personally, right? For the maintenance of it, because I love yeah. it. That's, it's my job right now. Hell yeah. And my reward. Um, so I, you know, six, call it six cents kind of all in uh, for power. And so the way that I look at that is that um, a hundred terahash machine uses 3.3 kilowatts per hour. 24 hours is about 80 kilowatts a day, 80 kilowatt hours a day on a hundred terahash machine times six cents, about $4 and 80 cents to run the machine. And so that's why the hash price is really important to me. I can quickly look and see, cause I know what my monthly run cost is. And then I can that's look great. at the hash price and go, okay, still got margins. Yep. And I really don't have a whole lot of expenses after that power cost or well, the, and I include the utilities with that. Right. So, I own the land, so that's another. Uh, I don't have any rent. Um, yep. And I do have taxes, right? But I don't burden that with this. The guy wouldn't uh, lease me the acre, but would sell it. And being a Texas boy, I'll buy a piece of land at drop of a hat. So, yeah, I own this acre here, and thus makes the the second megawatt really compelling. Plus, that they've got that. Um, they don't have a full two for me up at the substation. They'll have one seven five or one eight. Um, and then we'll start making the chickens uncomfortable, and we don't want to do that. It's just <laughs> me and the not. chickens or the egg farm on this substation. <laughs> and so did the the infrastructure you put in building out the first megawatt, is that did that set you up to just kind of like plug and play a second megawatt now? Or do you kind of have to redo everything you just did the first time? I, I Interesting story. So um, it did set me up to be successful uh, with one hickey. So the, uh, I had a choice of daisy chaining the second transformer onto the first one or running new wire. It's a, it's 25 and wires, the, the, the wires, the killer cost, just the killer cost in every project. It was 125 steps of new wire, $10,000 or Damn. 25 steps of wire. If I could punch a hole through eight inches of concrete and then dig a four foot tunnel up to it so that they could tunnel into the existing transformer. And I, I got my, my consigliere's nephews came over here one Sunday morning and hammered the shit out of that for 800 bucks. They just, it's on, it's on my Twitter, right? All this shit's on the Twitter. And they dug a massive hole straight down, right? Saved me like $8,000 because they were willing to get in there and do the hard work, but it was, a, it was a badass hole. Um, so yeah, we daisy chain. So if you're thinking about expansion capability, right, make sure that your, uh, transformer has sec has an output on the primary side. And so then we'll just feed another one 25 steps away. But the, the cost of the, the second pad was nothing. It's $10,000. Wow. We're including conduits and sweeps and all that kind of shit compared to 120 to mount this beast. Yeah. Way over-engineered the first time. When, when you were originally like setting out to do this, did you, did you like have that like mental threshold in your mind going into it? Like I want one megawatt, I'm not settling for anything less, or was it more like opportunistic, like just based on the electric company, the land and. 
No, the 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 compelling drive is that goal to run a megawatt. Yeah. And then whatever shows up inside of that, right? Right. What, what yes, yeses and noes, right? It's kind of like owning like one Bitcoin, like why yeah. one Bitcoin, why a hundred million sats, you know, it's just like, it's one Bitcoin. Yeah. Hitting a goal, hitting a yeah, goal, right? I love that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a smart one. It's, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's my kind of my purpose now, right? Like I've got two companies. Like if, if you don't have a purpose, I, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I won't get into mischief in art. <laughs> so it is a good thing that I have, I'm mining for a career now, whatever you want to call that. Right. But, um, it's got a, I'm, I'm really clear too. I put it in that Bridget document, right? I don't want a company and I don't want a job. I just want to mine. If you want to mine with me, then come on. Yeah. But here's kind of the constraints. Sorry, which document was that, Jeff, that you met, uh, referenced? Oh, I shared it with Eco. I, I'm, I'm working up kind of this story that, hey, if you like this story in these conditions, yeah. then you can share it with him, Eco. Okay. Um, uh, then, then you might want to get in touch with me and talk about a place to put your miner. I, I'm not hosting. But I got spots for the right guys who are thinking about in the right way. But you are hosting though, Jeff, right? Because if I send you miners and they go down, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm going to call it, or unless you're giving keys and they're, they're able to do the maintenance themselves. Or how do you think through that? He needs to read, oh, okay. he needs to read the doc. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll send it to doc. you. Rod. This is a remote mine. This is a remote mine. So I'm not here, mm-hmm. and I come up here about every two or three months because I have old miners and they, after a while of, of, of power on and off, off and on doesn't, doesn't do it. Yep. So I come up here every two or three months. Um, what I'm looking at is, uh, pay the actual power, reimburse me for the power and a dollar a day for the slot. And what you get is a place for your miner, cheap electricity, and you have a tunnel directly into your miner. You can do whatever you want to with your, you, it's your miner. You need to mine it. Hmm. Um, and, and that's not a user interface or anything yeah, like it's sure. a tunnel directly to your miners con- configuration. Um, we, we curtail. Um, and so that's sort of what's unique here. Uh, we're on a, uh, their largest load power plan, but we have to, we pay a penalty if we use power during the high demand periods. And so we have a program that watches that and turns it off during the highest demand periods. And then wait till the signal comes back and then turns us back on. Um, we, I'll give you an example. So we pay what, roughly six cents. If we mine, if we use power during the uh, peak period, we pay $22.50 a kilowatt hour, mm. a 415X penalty. Rod's reading that weird document. No, I'm, I'm trying just to, trying to do the calculation now. how weird this deal is. It's weird. It's weird. I don't want to host, yeah. right? But I got room. If you want in, um, it's all Bitcoin. It's all anonymous. Like that's what I'm trying to. Yeah. I, I got extra space trying to figure out a way to let folks in that want in cool. if they want along in this deal. I'm not hosting. There's no insurance. There's nobody here, and it's a fucking box on the hill. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the power company charge. Say that again. They charge you a four hundred increase. That's as what a I was penalty. trying to do the calculation. Four hundred fifteen x, not percent. Four hundred fifteen x. That's forty one thousand percent penalty. Wow. But, so when you say curtail, like I'm curious, what mining management, remote mining management software are you using to manage the fleet? Are you using like a foreman or something like that? Or I use my own uh, software. Because I want to control the power at the outlet and not at the miner. Intr- okay. 
Hmm. Please, yeah, go on. I, I'm, I, I've owned a software testing company for 20 some odd years and I don't trust the stuff. That's awesome. So you've got your own proprietary controlling software. Does it, it, does it talk to the, how does it know when to curtail? The power company is linked into it through like an API and they can like send it a signal to say like, Hey, you got to shut down or. You know, uh, I didn't get that one. That's called a controllable load, and they didn't have that. Um, JP is the last one that got that load, but there's a rate tier that they don't offer anymore, which is they get they get the the power switch, not you. Okay. And I would get with for the proper rate stuff. I like I would give that. Just give I, that I power that. away so that they're the ones managing the curtailment. Well, it takes a risk off my yeah. hands. Right. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a, you know, I get a little bit of power break, but the risk goes away to zero. Totally. Um, and I like that better. Um, the uh, So what we have is uh, a Raspberry Pi uh, that runs a set of Python scripts. And uh, part of the Python scripts are uh, collecting information from all of the PDUs inside of the, my, inside of the container. Uh, one of the scripts is to read the, uh, the power provider's website where we get that percentage signal. Okay. And that's refreshed every five seconds. Okay. And so when, when that, when that goes, then, uh, and we, we turn off at uh, like 99.8 so that we have time. We, we can be to zero in like less than two minutes. It's amazing. But the, the script hits the, the all off on every PDU and then start scanning because they don't always hear it. The, the, I use smart PDUs. You have to yep. with a remote mic. And there's 24 outlets on on every one, and they don't always hear it. It's a noisy mine, right? And these are API calls to a relay, and so this thing just keeps hammering anything that's that's flowing power until everything comes down. It's pretty awesome to be in here when when it comes down because it comes down fast, and then we wait until there's a the the other signal that we can turn back on, which is again we're just reading percentage and we determine the percent to turn back on. Okay. And so we can adjust that based on the season and, and that kind of thing. Um, the, uh, it resets every month. It's not a rolling 30 days. It's a calendar 30 days. So your hundred percent resets every month. And so you're guaranteed going to have some, con- some curtailment in the first part of the month as it meets that hundred percent and then bounces on up from there. <laughs> Poor Rod's like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my brain's hurting right now and I'm not that smart. So go ahead, Eco. And I have a question. Have you been penalized pretty heavily, like dialing yeah. that all in? No, because I'm a software testing guy, so I'm really risk averse, right, on, on that side of it. And so we, we've actually uh, lost some mining time. The, the, our concern is not the, uh, when to turn off because we're good with that. The, we're concerned with how to get back on as quickly as possible and m- minimize our percentage downtime. The, the narrower you set that gap between what percent to turn off and what percent to turn on, the, the greater the likelihood that you're going to bounce your miners on and off. Right. And remember, we're not putting them to sleep. We're hitting the power. Yeah. It, it's okay to do that, but you don't want to do that inside of t- you know, every hour for three or four hours across an afternoon. Right. Right. So it's understanding what that is and, and being able to look at the, I have an old dashboard, right? So you can look at it. If we get controlled early in the month and I know it's going to get hotter, I'll just say, keep running, baby. So, so you're doing the management then for the curtailment for all the miners, not just your miners, correct? Correct. Okay, good. Because like, I don't want to be like, all right, I'm, I got my 10 miners with you. And you're like, Rod, you for you know you you weren't managing them. Here's your huge bill. Pay me. And I'm like, wait, what? I uh, no. 
No. Okay. Good. No, it doesn't happen. I, 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 th- th- it's the corollary to that. If your miner is turned off I, and I got to figure out. So, so I don't have a uh, user level access to the power switch yet. It requires some programming. And, and I realize that's important, right? Cause so you need yeah. to turn it on and off. That's a, a basic minor fix. Um, and I don't have that hooked yet. Uh, but simple enough to do, but the key will be disabling your ability to do that when we're in control. Cause I don't want you looking at it and go, Oh, my miner's turned off. Let me turn him on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So user level turn on. So if I had the, if we had to reboot one out of the 300 machines in the one megawatt facility, are you turning them all off then? And then turning them all on? Mm-mm. Okay. No, we have an outlet level control. Okay, outlet level control. Got it. Got it, got it. Got it. Uh-huh. Okay. And you asked about software earlier. So, yes, I did use Foreman for a long, long time. Uh, Foreman started showing some issues uh, uh, discovering changes in the minor network, uh, adds and subtracts. And I didn't get the level of support that allowed me to solve that problem. And I had been encouraged to look at Lincoin. Uh, and so that was a compelling event to go ahead and install Lincoin Agent. Uh, and, and that's what gave me the confidence that I can finally share this with my buddies mm. because I don't have to give everybody access to the VPN. Yeah, yeah. He's got tunneling. And if you get a Lincoin account, I can share those machines right straight across to you. So you're looking at them right there in your own Lincoin account. That's awesome. Hashing, electrical use. Like you're seeing the device level stuff right there on your Lincoin account as well, which allows you to manage your miners. So the the user hosting with you can control their miners. They got full insight there and they don't have to worry about like getting a text message at 3 a.m. alerting them that curtailment is happening and they got to shut it down. Like you handle all the no, all I, the power I, on it. I'm responsible okay. for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I got to do something too. I, in, in thinking this up, like I, I don't think we'll have an accident, uh, and, and run over power, but I got to offer some, some guarantee cause it's my responsibility to do that. Right. So there's gotta be some maximum power, uh, agreement in this Bridget thing where you guys aren't exposed to, well, fuck, I don't know. I could send me 10 bucks an hour. It's like, no, no, no. Right. Yeah, but it's a real, it's got, I, but I, I tell you, so we, we're now chasing down out last month. Uh, we had two kilowatts running during a red period, which means one of the outlets didn't. Oh, shit. Oh. Well, that's 40 bucks. Damn. That's 40 bucks, right? One miner misbehaving, choose half of his profit right. for a month. So I was working with the programmer and, and getting that dialed in and, and finding all the flaws. When do you anticipate having that second megawatt of capacity ready? Oh boy, that's the hardest thing in mining. So um, the next step is to get the pod delivered. And that should be Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. The transformer arrives Wednesday. I, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we're energized by Saturday. Oh, wow. And that I can have my miners loaded up. Not this, not this Saturday, a week, right? So uh, the 10 days from now, we should be, I should be out here energizing, loading miners. Um, the hunting season starts in Texas, and I need to get back for that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and they're... You don't have room for what's miners. The the design of the containers specific to S19s, is that right? Did I understand that correctly? Well, and 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 I'm adjusting that as well because a lot of folks have what's miners and so I'll I'll do uh these pods are built for S19s. 
I want to I want to run it true to its design before I start, you know, running it outside design to make sure that it's cool. Yeah. And so I'm only going to put S19s in there, but if you bring a what's minor, then I'll take an S19 out of the Giga and put it over there and just put you in the Giga. Gotcha. How much of your 2 megawatt capacity are you reserving for yourself and how much do you want to host out to others? Just depends on who can buy miners faster me or you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I, I I don't I I I don't I I don't um, I I want to continue buying miners, but I'm never going to build up another fleet like this. Um, my long term thinking is this: that if I can if I can amass hash, then when when this is no longer tenable, and it, I, there's another story on that because they're trying to change the rates. Um, mm. When this is untenable, I plan to, to take this to the next pocket of power yeah. that I. Can You're an buy. energy pirate. I love it. Yeah. And I, that's why the three, I don't know that I'll be able to move the Giga. And the Giga, it may be that we get penalized by rates that you only put the oldest machines in the Giga and only run it fraction of the time. But she's fine. She's fine. Um, I'd, I'd like to, to build this up and fill it up. I'd like to build another one. Um, if we find the right capital and partners, like I got spots. I got REC folks coming to me saying, we got spots, we got power. But, but. The rural electrical co-ops in Iowa buy their power from a co-op of co-ops. Mm. And the, one, the co-op, the Uber co-op at the top is called Basin Power Cooperative. And they're big, uh, 8,000 megawatts of generation. Wow. All the way down to New Mexico. Um, and they, at their annual meeting last week, uh, they are scared of the uh, increasing demand for uh, crypto miners. And so they, the board voted to uh, put in a market rate oh, for, for crypto miners. fuck's sake, dude. We don't know what that means yet. We don't know what that means yet. Um, and and uh, I, as I look at market rates, like it... it we're about at it. We're pay a little bit more, but I would, I would run that if they didn't kill me with transmission fees, right. It's, it's still competitive. It's still reasonably competitive. Huh. Um, just because the, here, here's the fundamental difference in why co-ops are great. They're not public co's. They have fewer employees because they're not capital accretive, right? They're, they're, they're in business for the benefit of their members. And so you don't have a whole lot of middle managers sucking up expenses. The, the, like, if you looked at my power bill, like the, the money that the REC makes for providing me the power is really low, huh. but we're an ideal customer for them because we're, we're a beautiful load and we're completely controllable. Exactly. That's the, you're completely controllable. You will go turn off. And this is what I feel like these people do not understand. Are you calling Facebook to turn off their freaking data center? Are you calling any of these other people to turn off their data centers, you know, in, in times of disaster? You are the buyer of last resort here and you're helping your locale with your, the, the, and I hate using the word balancing the energy grid, but like that's the case here. I, I, I uh, understand it from the basin perspective. They are probably, uh, pretty close to fully allocated on their own generation right now. And we're asking for a whole lot more. It's really hard to build new generation. And so we're asking them to go to the market 
to buy power to feed us at this rate, at this preferential rate for your members, because you've you've done you've set up your organization this way. So I, I understand that, mm. um, and I'm not afraid of it. But don't don't penalize the your members where they're they're actually decaying if they're not growing, right? So the the, the electrical co-ops, their their customers can't grow unless we bring in these types of loads. Right. So it's an interesting dynamic. I um <laughs> I got the news. This is the funny part. So the the CEO of the of the co-op came up to me two weeks ago when we were out here. So I was digging a five-figure hole in the ground to put six figures worth of capital equipment when he rolls in and says your rates are probably going to go up. <laughs> Dude. If you don't appreciate the irony of what's going on, you're missing half the journey. <laughs> so, sorry, can we back up for a second, Eco, on the, the 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 contract and the rates going up and so on? I'm curious to know, like, how long are you locked in at your existing rates and when would rates change on you? I don't have a contract. You don't have a contract. We don't have a, con- we, we don't have a contract. So it can vary like month to month? No. Um, because it's an REC. So, you know, no promises. Um, I, uh, let's see if I can, I can't hear. I was going to pull up the invoice. Um, but we're just like a, a, a large load on, uh, the co-op, the, we pay. So, um, I, our, we have a facility charge, um, and then, which is $260 that goes to the REC. Our energy charge is, uh, 489 and then we get an energy cost adjustment, um, which is a discount to that based on their local budgeting. Uh, then I have my peak. Uh, last month, it was two kilowatt hours at $20.34. That's the guy that was running in the red. Mm. And then I have uh, distribution peak demand. So the way that the co-op gets paid here uh, is $3.15 per uh, kilowatt hour. But any of those rates are like subject to change at at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. As as you're seeing. <laughs> yeah. There's no contract. Yeah. I um that uh, I, I'm I'm a, a a large load commercial customer. Um, and that's just the way co-ops work, right? Um, right. It's it's a fascinating. Uh, it, it's been really excellent because there were things that the co-op helped me with that I didn't even realize would show up, like. When you want to get your miners here, well, you got to stage them somewhere, some kind of warehouse or something. I have a metal box on a hill. And so they very graciously stored those. They've got forklifts. Oh, really? Uh, to move transformers and store transformers for you. Uh, they will come out here and with their, their lift trucks and set this new transformer for us. Um, they're, they're just... Uh, so when I needed to replace the filters, I had 11, you know, two foot by two foot by two foot boxes that they very gracious. Like I get them cheap on Amazon, but you can't deliver them to the blue box at 90th and Mallard. <laughs> and so they stored them. So there's all kinds of this stuff that's just that is just fantastic working with a co-op. Um, right. And I'm eager to do more here in Iowa if we can if we can get the power situation working properly. What a journey you've been on, Jeff. <laughs> Isn't it great? I'd like, you know, my whole life is about love, abundance, and amazing adventures, right? And so when 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 I get up and I start my day every day, like today is the possibility of love, abundance, and amazing adventures. And yeah, I'm living the dream. You know, I kind of like back to the Bitcoin story, the 
Bitcoin allowed me to retire 10 years early. Wow. I wasn't expecting to have this adventures until I was in my 70s. But Bitcoin reshaped how I looked at my companies and as assets producing cash flow. And, and, and Bitcoin informed that, you know, that original 20-year goal, million dollars by 2030. It's amazing. So just to recap that last question, because I, I think the contract is really key and about the price that the end person would be expected to pay and understanding any of the pitfalls such that you're a very tr- – honest person so like i hate like anything goes wrong like oh you advertise six cents and now i'm paying like eight and a half it feels like or whatever and we're, we're kind of in this variable game because at least in my experience reducing the number of variables such that i'm just have an entry point on the capital i expended on a miner i have a fixed price on the monthly cost of running the miner at 100 percent assumed uh capacity and I go to town based on, you know, uh, the hash price. So with that all said, there is a variable associated now with that six cents per month hosting or cost per kilowatt then as an end person, even though you believe it shouldn't change that much, but it could change. I, I, this, this is a different, this is a different kind of Bitcoin mining opportunity. Dude, totally, totally. I, I completely get it. I guess my, my it, suggestion. It's, it's another increment in the risk reward. It's another increment yeah. in the risk reward. If you're willing to take the risk of a variable rate, yep. then the reward is higher because the rate is lower. Yep. Mm-hmm. The uh, My other suggestion or uh, my two sats, just less because um, you're a different stage in your life. I'm in a different stage in my life and so on. You probably want to have less. <laughs> any of us want to have less. um issues or, or, or problems to deal with, having more people, even if they're in the best of intentions to deal with, um, is going to be potentially a problem. Meaning if you could find like one or two people to partner with you on the, this adventure that really understand the risk reward benefit and really want to roll up their sleeves, I think you nail that versus, you know, 40 plebs, uh, even though they're awesome and want to do well, five of them may not understand the true risk reward and be like in your ear hole. Like, Hey Jeff, what's going on with this whole curtailment thing again? What's going on with, why are we at 6.75% and why is my machine not racked right now? Or when is it going to get like, and you're like, Oh my God, this is not worth it. Um, and I, I'd hate that for you. Um, and that's just my observation. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wise, wise advice. Yeah. But I love it, man. You've like inspired me just to be like, get off my ass. I feel like lazy right now, Eco, uh, in terms of what I've been doing. I I want more people saying, look, if hosts can do it, I can too. Right. (laughs) And you are doing it, my man. Like, this is so freaking cool. It's like, this is not some whiteboard presentation or PowerPoint presentation. Like, give me a bunch of capital and I'll go do this. You're like in the field right now telling me like, hey, here's what I'm doing. And by the way, if you want to join in on this crazy adventure, here are all the variables. I'm building the freaking plane and it's flying right now. I don't know what, like there's a couple other variables to deal with, but (laughs) jump on in, man. Let's go. And, uh, and I think that's very noble of you, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And and we may get priced out. So let's say you play that scenario out a little bit. Let's, let's assume that does happen. 
and you got I, I what one thing on the positive side I loved it, I love that what you said was you reduce the size of your containers to those eight by eights such that you're more uh, movable. So your head's on a swivel already such that you're like, all right, shit happens. I'm like already looking for the next spot to move. God forbid that does happen. I mean, let's say that does happen. Like, what do you do? We're already looking for the next spots. Yeah. So taking what we like about REC. So there's RECs plugged into ISOs rather than a big co-op. Yep. Long-term I did a quick investigation into landfill gas, thinking that that was going to be an angle. The challenge that I found in my initial investigation was that it costs so much to build gas collection on a landfill that they can't afford to build it unless they've got the power pre-sold long-term. And there's just no room around the edges. Mm. Like collecting like methane emissions from a landfill? Exactly, exactly. And there's a guy that's uh, starting up a venture fund to do that on lar- uh, large scale, uh, Dan, Dan, something or other. Uh, but I, and I hope he's successful with that, but it's larger footprint than I want to work with. Again, I'm headed into looking for pockets of 350K to a, a couple of megawatts. Um, and so yeah. I'm going back to the oil and gas guys. Uh, I'll be at Empower in April trying to find out, you know, long-term sees the need for variable load, portable variable yeah. load. And that'll portable be Portable variable load. You know, and if you're here, then you know we'll just have this train of 350 KW units that we put in places and they're remote. They work remote. They work fine. For our listeners, who's your ideal partner to, to come in and host with you here? Are they going to, could you describe who your ideal yeah, candidate great question. is? I really can't. Um, uh, you know, have, have more than one machine, right? So let's start with, I yeah, need to how figure about this, this out. It may not work. Yeah. And I can't do onesie twosie. So can I answer that question for you as just like an, like, yeah, please unpaid advisor minimum. It's gotta be like five or 10 machines minimum. You've mined at home yourself with an S nine or an M three, whatever, you know, and like you actually know how a miner works. You've heard it. You've touched it. You felt it. You're not like this is not just a pure investment return. This is like a investment return, yes, but like also you're trying to you know mine uh, Bitcoin and you believe in the mission that you're you're building out. Like those two pre qualifications, I would put there, and then also ask, hey, here's all the risk factors associated with this, and just be like in bold red, 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 red. And it's like one of those uh, forms where it's like, you've agreed to all of these things that could go wrong. You still want to do this? It's like, yep, I do, buddy. And let's freaking go. Um, that's the way I would at least Thank approach you. it. Um, I, that's how I've done some of my mining investments with some folks that wanted to put some money into some mining deployments. I'm like, this can go wrong a lot of different ways. But then I'd also showcase how awesome you are. And that's where the secret sauce is. And honestly, that's you, Jeff. Like, you're the secret sauce. You uh, built thanks. your own software that man- mine- manages the the fleet. I love the control at the outlet level. I was, Eco, have you been even thinking about that at the outlet level? I, was, I always thought at the minor level, right? right? Same here. Yeah. And that's just another way to think about it. And you've been in the field, you know, doing it. And then the other one with your nephews or cousin, I forget who it was, you know, saving from 8,000 bucks to 800 bucks, like that ingenuity and that hustle just to figure it out at that level. 
you're not going to fail. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I, I, I want this to be where I, I'm excited to come up here. You know, people, somebody asked, how do you run a remote mine? Well, you, you do have to come up here. And I love it that I'm excited enough to make the run in one day when I'm coming up here. I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning so that I oh, miss damn. the Dallas rush hour in the morning. And that'll put me here by seven or seven thirty, drop in, see the mine, go home. Where's that? I take two days going home because it's hot as hell back there and I ain't no hurry. But I we stay in a hotel up here and work the mine and um move projects forward. I stay busy. I'm, I'm up here for an extended stay. I can usually get everything done in two or three days and then hustle back, but I'm waiting for build steps to happen. So there's a lot of downtime this time. Right. Yeah. It's like a lot of hurry up and wait. Yep. Yeah. And this was my first introduction to a large scale construction project and realizing, you know, there's a lot of gaps because everybody's busy and it has to be fit. So me project managing it, uh, hopefully, gets it done in a tighter time frame. The the big unknown is still the final electrical inspection. We got hung up real bad for a long time last year with the electrical inspection here. The benefit this time is that the inspector's already seen these pods and approved them. And so it should flow through without any problem, but you don't know. Yeah. Has anyone from the electrical company or the contractors or anyone you've been involved with kind of looked at you sideways when you mentioned Bitcoin? Every one of them. Yeah. But it hasn't stopped you at all. No, and I, I go on. I, I try and evangelize it out here. I've got help with the Wilson brothers, and you should get them on sometimes. They're hilarious. They mine um, probably about 30 miles over, but on the same REC. A little bit different oh, way. Oh, yeah. A little bit different strategy. Yeah, I recognize that name from Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should get them on as well. They're they're up here. Hell yeah. The yeah, they they still call it bit mining, like the the <laughs> way that it's referred to up here is bit mining. And 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 on our power, our, our tariff is actually a bit mining tariff. No kidding. And they had to get that created for it. Yeah, they had to get that created for us when we came in up here. Um, the CEO of this of my REC Franklin, where I buy my power, came back. When he came and told me that they're going to raise rates, he'd come from one of the big annual meetings of all the co-ops. And he said, but, but, he said, I finally bought Bitcoin. I'm like, seriously? Hey. <laughs> That's awesome. What, what, what was the compelling event? He goes, you know what? We were all sitting around in, in that room talking about it and, and complaining about Basin wanting to change y'all's rates. And I decided it was time to get some. <laughs> I, oh, That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. The uh, the electronic, no, sorry, the uh, economic development agency. So all these counties, rural counties have an economic development agency. And it's funded by the county and the state to help attract new business into the county. And so, so that's her job as the director administrator. And she was really helpful, helpful finding Nate, who's my local technician here, who will do the work if I'm not here. Um. And so I said, thank, she asked, how did that go? And I went, great, thank you. And then she sent me a pitch for a, a, a donation to the EDA. And uh, she has a podcast, like a monthly five or 10 minute type of thing. But if you contribute at the $500 level, you can get on her podcast to talk about and promote your business. Nice. And so, well, I don't really have a business to promote, but I would make a donation. I would give you $1,000 in Bitcoin. If you'll hold it and just talk about it on your podcast. 
So she didn't say no. She said she needs to talk to her board. So maybe making some. I, I've tried to get the electrical co-op to take Bitcoin as deposit. You got to put up two months deposit. Oh, wow. For electricity. And th- and I'd like, please hold my Bitcoin. I'll double fund, triple fund, pay for the custody. Like, no, can't, can't. Wow. That's can't. interesting. That's cool that like throughout this whole mission, you're also like orange pilling the people yeah. along the way, like in the peripheral here. Uh, and trying to teach the RECs like good miners versus bad, but they're getting hit all the time for bit miners to come in here, right? And helping them to distinguish like the different classifications of miners and what they're doing and, and what their goals are and trying to make them preferential to small guys, one to yeah. two megawatts. Yeah, There's a lot of pockets around here. If they don't penalize us with rates, we can mine around here for a long time. And the benefit to this, this, to this area of the country is amazing. Plus, it's not 105 right now like it is at home. <laughs> yeah, that helps, especially with all ant miner machines. Yep. Well, uh, this has been so fascinating. I like my head's still spinning, Jeff, from this conversation and in, in a good way. I cannot thank you enough just for sharing your knowledge and also sharing this opportunity with the, our audience, uh, me and Eco, and anyone. Um, We'll link to you in the show notes and so on. Um, but uh, you, do you have any closing thoughts and then also closing thoughts with Eco? No, this has been great. Thanks for letting me tell my story. I spend a lot dot tired of hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely want to bring you back on, especially as you like, you sure. know, I, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll give you some breathing room just to get everything go- energized in like Saturday in 10 days, like getting all the uh, loading those miners and so on. And also dealing with the REC on these n- potentially um, new rates and such. Um, I wish you nothing but the best in that regard. And if there's anything you, me or Thanks. Eco can do to help you, just let us know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, your advice has been spot on. Thank you. And Jeff, if any of our listeners do want to get a hold of you and talk about hosting options uh, in regards to your Bridget Endeavor, how, how do they reach you? Well, uh, you know, back to Rod. So if you've got 10 or 12 machines or more and are interested, uh, reach out on Twitter or DM and I'll send you the document. Um, and then we'll start talking, see if it's something that you want to do or not. I I'd like to have one or two folks that, you know, 10 or 20, 30 machines to put in here to see how it runs for the first couple of months. Um, the challenge will be loading the machine. So if I'm up here, I'll load folks machines for free. Um, and so we could just time that. And, and I, my goal is not to have people pay fees. My goal is to have people mine as cheap as possible with me. Right. That, but that brings up one last point and then we'll, we'll the jump. I would actually even make it specific to the miners that you want in that a container. Like, hey, it's just S19J pro, uh, J's. Yeah. And like – and don't deviate, especially for the first batch until you learn, because then let's just say you have like this different variation or that different variation. And then like, oh, this PDU is a little different. This control board's a little different. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I'm doing extra work on just one a one-off machine. Um, yep. Make it as standardized as possible. You're a systems guy. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Dude, Jeff, this has been awesome. Thank you for joining us and telling us your story. And I learned a lot. I mean, I know we've been talking for a long time, but um, there's a lot about your Bitcoin history that I didn't know. And it was fascinating to hear it all. And 
Um, I just, I really think it's great that you're orange pilling people all along the way throughout this whole project. So just keep your foot on the gas pedal, man, and keep doing what you're doing. All gas, no brakes, full send, Jeff. Take yeah. care, man. Thank you. <laughs> Will do. Thank you. <laughs>